Dear listener, a quick note before we start the programming. This podcast with Harrison Owen originally aired in 2012 after Harrison and I met in Philadelphia during an open space event. Many episodes went into the archives when Agile.fm moved to its new home. Over the next months, I will re-release some of those archived sessions under the Agile FM label, as I think they are as interesting as they were back then. For easy orientation, these episodes are tagged as re-release at agile.fm. Now let's get started. Agile FM, radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Today I'm uh, very excited to uh, speak with Harrison Owen. Um, I know this is actually one thing I want to talk about with Harrison is um, the creator of the open space. Uh, there is sometimes I hear you are the creator of the open space, and sometimes I hear you actually in your writing um, that you distance yourself a little bit from the being the inventor of the open space. But what I would like to talk about with Harrison today on this episode is um, to actually where this uh, open space movement started, how he uh, uh, came up with this uh, format of uh, facilitating meeting and uh, conferences. So, uh, first of all, welcome to the podcast, Harrison. And uh, how do you uh, how do you react to a creator, inventor um, of the open space movement? Well, I'm delighted to be here. I've always thought of myself as maybe the discoverer, and only occasionally that, of open space for a simple reason. Uh, what's very clear to me is that. Open space is nothing else than the very natural process of self-organization occurring with human groups. Mm -hmm. And needless to say, I did not create that. I did not invent that. Um, by any reasonable estimation, I suppose it's been around for, what, 13.7 billion years. So I'm a, I'm a Johnny-come-lately. So um, the format of open space is, is that something you observed in like, as, as a pattern of successful meetings or is it, how did, how did you notice that there is a, a, a common thing which makes these meetings, if they're organized in an open space format, more successful or more successful for the participants than not using an open space uh, format? Um, the actual truth of the matter is that I never designed open space, never gave it a thought. It emerged simply because I was lazy and in a tight place. Yeah. Um, the short story is that in 1983, I had convened a gathering of some 250 around something called organization transformation. We had a wonderful time, a lot of speakers, and everybody loved the coffee breaks. And then in 1985, I agreed to do the same thing again, but I made it very clear to my colleagues that I did not have the time to put together speakers, panels, or anything else. A, and B, I didn't have a clue what I was gonna do. So in April, I was sitting on my uh, deck, deck and having a martini, first outside martini of the year. And the first thought was that, oh my God, I had 150, 200 people coming for a meeting. I did have the place, about which I'd thought nothing. And the last time I'd done something like this, everybody enjoyed the one part I didn't create, 
the coffee breaks. <laughs> and uh, then that was the end of the first martini. And with the second one, um, I remembered time I'd spent in West Africa and noticed that when people had a major issue to solve, they just simply sat in a circle. And I thought, well, that's a good place to start. Uh, but what are we going to talk about? And then the image of a bulletin board came to my mind. If you want to sell a cow or whatever, you put it on a bulletin board. And then the only thing we had to deal with was uh, uh, who was going to do what, where, and when. And the image of uh, an indigenous marketplace came to mind. So that's it. Uh, sit in a circle, create a bulletin board, open a marketplace, and go to work. That's what we did in Monterey, California. And I didn't, it worked. I couldn't figure out why. And in fact, it took me five years to figure out why. And I'm still not sure why. <laughs> but um, anyhow. So it's interesting that you, you mentioned the coffee break because uh, prior to uh, to this interview, we also used the coffee break to actually come up with this uh, podcast episode. We met during the pot, uh, coffee break just a few minutes ago and uh, decided to ad hoc spontaneously do this podcast. So somehow it came out of the this break which was given to us, and uh, but self-organization, right? So we just ad hoc scheduled that. So this this pattern of self-organization behind, which is very appealing to the agile community. Uh, we also talked about that you are not familiar or too much familiar with the um, adoption of open space to the agile community. Um, well, the Agile community has uh, very often embraces uh, open spaces for organizing um, conferences or, or meetings or pieces of uh, conferences, uh, Agile New York City included. So what's really um, interesting about this uh, model is that with this year in, at the Agile Day, which is at the 20th of September in New York, where you're going to open up the track of self-organization, this topic really um, um, emphasizes the need for self-organization in enterprises and organizations. Why do you think um, enterprises, organizations, especially large-scale organizations, struggle so much with self-organization in this meeting format? They do. I can, I can say that because I observe that. Why is there such a hard time to actually embrace open space as a, as a concept, as a meeting format, in corporations? Any it's for the same reason that they have trouble being innovative and creative. Um, the basic problem is uh, a perceived loss of control. And the assumption is that as a senior manager, CEO, I'm in, charge, I'm in charge and I'm in control. And I think the actual truth of the matter, and any good CEO will tell you, that's not true. Um, so the, this notion of, of good things happening only if we plan them, design them, and structure them um, is what we find in all the textbooks. But I honestly think if you look at your own life, whatever that is, or your own job, the really exciting parts, the innovative parts, the creative parts, the constructive parts, um, ordinarily happen, we would say, serendipitously. And we think of that as a funny thing. I mean, you, ha ha, it, it happened that way. But that's normal. And so my, actually my hope for Anytime open space is used, as people will see that, you know, this is a great way to have a meeting. We actually got something done, and nobody screamed at anybody, and the agenda was set when we got here, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's an even better way 
to design a hugely complex project. Uh, I've watched uh, Boeing engineers redesign the way they make doors on their airplanes and did in two days what they knew was going to take two years. Now, you can take that all the way to the bank. And what was different? Well, there was no leader, there was no agenda, there was no plan, there was just 500 Boeing engineers, all of whom cared about doors. And they worked ranging from the president of commercial aircraft down to what they called door hangers. Those are the guys who actually hang the doors on the airplane. And they quite literally did in two days what everybody knew was going to take two years. Now that is an increment of productivity that simply blows you away, and that's what self-organization can do and does do. Yeah. So um, I think a lot of people are just very afraid of succeeding. Yeah. Are they uh, talking about projects and Boeing, uh, obviously very much on the commercial side of, of things. I can just imagine, based on your books you wrote, the open space technology, the, the user's guide, um, what are the what are some interesting requests uh, and projects uh, coming your way? I can only imagine what kind of requests you are getting, or input or feedback from from projects out there. Is there anything which stands out, or few of those where you think, beside Boeing, where you're like, this was really an, an, not only an interesting uh, project but also an interesting outcome um, of some sort, other than the the typical uh, projects or conferences. Uh, sure. Actually, at this juncture, my contribution in this area is so small as to be insignificant. We figure that uh, open space has probably been used two to 300,000 times in 136 countries over uh, 27 years. So, yes, I've done a few, and some of them range from, you know, 50 Palestinians and Israelis. That's operational types coming there together to figure out how to stop killing each other needlessly. I mean, it's all right. These are pros. It's, it was all right to do it if you wanted to, but this was the needless stuff. So open space for the United Nations would be the proposal? Well, it wouldn't be a proposal, but in point of fact, in that situation, it works out very well. It works out extraordinarily well in areas of very, very high conflict. I had. 250 rabbis and imams on the subject of world peace, again, in open space. Um, we have, this, is, this isn't stuff I've been doing, this. I did that, but I have a colleague in China who's working with the Tibetan monks and the Chinese government. Um, then there's you know, endless applications in industry around uh, specific projects. Um, in one of my own, I was working with AT&T, building their, uh, or designing their Olympic Pavilion in 96, so that's a long time ago. But they figured it was going to take 10 to 12 months to do it. They did it in two and a half days. If you figure that as an increment of productivity, uh, 10 days, uh, 10 months to two days, uh, my math is rusty, but how about 15,000%? Um, you walk into some office and say, would you like a 15,000% increase in productivity? Yeah. They'll throw you out, of course. Yeah. So it's been used unreal. with groups from five to well over 3,000. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. We can take a group of two or 3,000 people, no agenda, no training, no nothing, around a concrete and conflicted issue. And in 
15 minutes instruction and 20 minutes of uh, them talking to each other in a circle. They have a two or three day meeting which they'll run and we don't intervene at all. Um, that's the power of self-organization. These are some, uh, some really, really interesting examples. I mean, obviously, the Agile community, we believe we do also some interesting work, but obviously not with the conflict and with the proportions of, of the work of those examples you just uh, uh, gave us. Uh, what are your thoughts on, actually, I want to touch on, on one topic, because if everybody familiar with um, open space listening to this podcast um, knows that open spaces are relatively... Um, like the, the material, the, the setup of an open space is extremely lightweight. Um, it's a circle, some, some index cards, perhaps some, some uh, the, the, the marketplace and some posters. Um, but today's world is very much about offshore development, distribution of work and separating people uh, from each other and technology and all these things. What are your thoughts on having like this very effective and the productivity gains you just gave, also very beneficial way of const constructing meetings and conferences. And then there's this other trend of technology, separation, and all these things. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm not sure it's an either or. Um, actually, the first time we ever did an open space, it happened that a number of people were there who also happened to be on what was at that point called DARPAnet, soon to be called Internet. And so from the very beginning, uh, open space and the internet um, were cheek by chow, as it were. Um, and when you think about it, the internet itself is one of the largest open spaces is going. Um, no rules, <laughs> et cetera, and the, it works the same way. Some censorship. Though. Oh, well, there's, but it's interesting, it's so redundant, even the censors can't get around it. I've done a lot of work in Egypt and in, around China, et cetera, so, you know, yes, it's true, the main channels can get blocked, but it is redundant. Be that as may, I think that um, it's less a uh, antithesis, which is the way you post it, you know, this idea of separation and so forth and so on. I find, frankly, globally, it's much more of a connectiveness, that the connectivity of, of the Internet, this most obvious part, um, is wonderful. A lot of the stuff, and, and that operates also in a self-organizing way. And when you combine something like open space with the electronics, it, it, giving you, you know, the capacity to have multiple simultaneous open spaces around the world, for example, um, you have a very powerful package. So it all fits together in my mind. Well, thank you, Harrison. Uh, these, these were a couple of questions I had to uh, you. We have to go back to, the, uh, to, to this conference. This work uh, you have started, um, perhaps innocently, um, perhaps it's just evolved and it emerged, but it really, really created um, a wonderful way for us in the Agile community to, to keep going. So thank you so much, Harrison. See you in New York. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.